0: The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.
1: The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. For today's show, we have a very special guest. His name is Chase Colton. He is here to present the Troubadour Festival, which he is the co-owner and founder of. Uh, this festival will take place May 20th and we'll start selling tickets on March 3rd. And Chase is one of the many people that got laid off during the pandemic, but his is a great success story. Um, his festival seems a lot of fun. This festival will focus on two main things, and that is barbecue and music. Two things that Aggieland sure loves, uh, And this will include 34 businesses of the best barbecue joints in Texas. So there's a lot to choose from, as well as country music artists such as Midland, Shane Smith and the Saints and more. Uh, And if you'd like to check out this lineup and all the different barbecue businesses that are going to be at this festival, you can go to the website TroubadourFestival.com. That's Troubadour, T-R-O-U-B-A-D-O-U-R, TroubadourFestival.com. All right, now for our announcements, we have the a and University Art Galleries will be exhibiting Fibers of My Being. And this will be a student exhibition at the J. Wayne Stark Galleries in room MSC 1110. And this will be in the Education Gallery within that room. This exhibit will explore the construction of memory and state of dissociation by creating tangible objects through craft as a coping mechanism, such as quilting and crochet. So I'm sure there will be a lot to see here. And this exhibit will start February 28th and will be up until March 12th. And if you'd like to check out more about this exhibit, you can go to uart.tamu.edu. All right, and if you have any art events or any artists that you think, um, that you would like to see featured on the show, make sure to email theheartofart at tamu.edu and that'll go straight to me. All right, let's start my interview with Chase Colton, co owner and founder of the Troubadour Festival. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. His name is Chase Colton. He is co owner and founder of the Troubadour Festival and is from Tyler, Texas. So, hi, Chase, how are you today?
2: I'm good. How's it going?
1: It's going great i'm really excited for a conversation today i know that you know this week you showed us out in the aggie park and how everything was going to be set up for the troubadour festival so it sounds really exciting so i'm really excited for this conversation
2: yeah we're we're stoked you know the response has been uh, has been really good so far and you know we're very thankful to to the university for hosting us and you know we're looking forward to a, a good event oh
1: yeah me too um all right, but before we go into the festival, I did want to talk a little bit about you. And I'm, I know I mentioned you were from Tyler, Texas. Um, where did this idea come about?
2: Yeah, um, so I used to work for a company um, in Tyler, a radio company. Then uh, about ten years ago, uh, came up with an idea to do uh, a festival centered around Texas barbecue and and Texas country music. And uh, after some uh, convincing. Uh, for a couple of years, uh, they finally gave me permission to, to do our first one. Uh, so I started the uh, Red Dirt Barbecue and Music Festival in Tyler, Texas uh, that um, I did for six years. I ran from uh, 2014 to 2019. And uh, after that, a little uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic came along and, you know, kind of upended uh, everybody's world. And, you know, not least of which was uh, live events uh, so after uh, a lengthy furlough, I was eventually laid off from uh, from my job, and, um, you know, the uh, the event that I started kept going, but along the way, um, my best friend of more than 30 years, who uh, we've known each other since we were about five years old, and uh, he's actually Texas A&M class of 2009, uh, you know, always, you know, talked and, you know, uh, kept each other, you know, what was going on in our lives, you know, just what friends do, and one thing led to another, and. Uh, we decided, hey, let's uh, let's try to do this ourselves. Let's kind of take that concept, you know, maybe try to elevate it as best we can, and, uh, and and take it to different spots in Texas. And here we are.
1: Right, and I mean, I know that you started the Red Dirt Festival, right? And Tyler, um, were there any hardships that you had with that that you kind of learned now that you're taking it further?
2: Well, you learn every year, every event you right. do, you learn something. You know, when I when I first started, my job wasn't to produce events. You know, I was uh, kind of more in the in the marketing realm for a group of radio stations and um you know doing the event was just something hey let's uh let's try this and give it a shot and see if it works and it did but you know we um you know you go from knowing absolutely nothing the first time you do it and uh, kind of trial by fire and over the years you you learn from your mistakes and you learn how to grow you learn how to improve and you know we're to the point now you know doing it almost two ten years myself is um, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you which is what i've tried to do and, you know, really uh, focus on what's most important, and to us, that's the guest experience. Right. And whatever we need to do to improve upon that and make it worthwhile, that's what we're going to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's awesome that, you know, this festival kind of gave you the confidence to go ahead and do it on your own terms, kind of. Thing. <laughs> so,
2: it wasn't completely my choice. You know, at first it was, you know, we're you're, you're thrown out without a job, you know, which right. was, you know, my situation wasn't unique. You know, I was mm-hmm. one of... Uh, hundreds of thousands if not millions of people in the live events industry who lost our jobs during a, a very difficult time you know and um, but when we decided to take that leap of faith and uh, you know really invest our ourselves and our time and our money into this is uh, you know it's it's uh, it's nerve-wracking sometimes you know when it's somebody else's money is totally different from whenever it's you know it's your own so <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but we um, you know we've done four events so far and you know we're really uh, happy with what we've accomplished so far but we know that there's still Uh, You know, there's still things that we can improve upon and make better. And, you know, we hope to bring the best of all of it out here at Aggie Park.
1: I mean, well, yours is definitely a success story because, I mean, after being laid off, now you're working on this. That's amazing. Um, But it really seems like this festival came about uh, because of your love for barbecue and country music. Those are like the two main things. And I kind of wanted to go a little bit into barbecue first. Are you yourself a barbecue artist?
2: (laughs) I don't, I mean, I, I like to cook. I like to, I like to cook like these guys do, but only, you know, at my house, you know, what, yeah. what these, uh, you know, pit masters, cooks, chefs, whatever you want to call them, you know, pit masters, mostly they are, uh, they are true artists at their craft. And, you know, right. what we pride ourselves on is bringing together, you know, the best of the best across Texas and Texas is, is, uh, flush with, uh, amazing barbecue restaurants. You know, you have, you know, great ones here locally you know college station you know brenham uh you know surrounding areas and then you know no matter which way you you go in texas you're going to find great barbecue restaurants and you know and over the years just meeting new people and trying their food and all that you know you really get acclimated with the people who are just above and beyond outstanding at their job and You know, we want to celebrate that. You know, we we're bringing 34 restaurants to Aggie Park in May, and we could easily bring 50 or 60. You know, we did three of these festivals in 2022, and we represented, we had 70 different barbecue restaurants between the three festivals. So, uh, unfortunately, we can't bring them all just because space doesn't allow it. But, um, you know, that just kind of shows us how ripe with uh, a great barbecue that we have. And as much as I, you know, like to cook, and sometimes it's good at my house, it's not near as good as what these guys do on a, on a daily basis.
1: I mean, yeah, Texas barbecue is something else, and I think everyone here at Aggieland could definitely relate to that. Um, Aggies love
2: their barbecue, that's for sure. I've learned that very quickly.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean, I know you were telling me about, you know, certain um, crazy plates that they do that are just completely out of the ordinary. Can you go over some of those plates that you yeah,
2: mentioned? Yeah, we, yeah, we, um, you know, I don't know what they're gonna be bringing, you know, yet to uh, to Aggie Park, but mm-hmm. just, you know a lot of what you know these uh these pitmasters do is you know they do the same thing every day they do your brisket they do your ribs sausage turkey and they do other specialty items but they so a lot of a lot of them really like to take events like this to be creative and do some uh do some crazy things so you know we've had them you know we've had some you know really interesting takes on wings we've had you know you know sausages one you know we we've had a restaurant that um you know they've done you know pecan pie sausage and you really wouldn't think mm-hmm. of that or um you know or thanksgiving you know thanksgiving dinner sausage where you have turkey and dressing and cranberries and everything and yeah. inside of sausage it's it's really you, you it's really crazy to think of what you can do with sausage but we we have guys that that do it all and uh, uh one of our restaurants um you know i think we talked about it you know at, at, his, at his place he does a an ele- a much elevated take on like a Crunch Wrap supreme from taco bell oh wow uh, C.M. him smokehouse in austin and so they just do, you know they they really like to come out and, you know, not only have a good time and meet people and market their business, but at the same time really showcase. All they do way more than just throw briskets on a pit. You know they're mm-hmm. they're they're truly artists at what what they do. Yeah, they're
1: definitely looking to impress the people. Oh there. yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. And um, all right, now the there's also going to be country music there. So what are some of the groups that are coming?
2: Yeah, so we have two stages. Um, we have a kind of a a side stage that operates from noon to four, which is kind of during our barbecue sampling of the event. So, uh, you know, we kind of use that for kind of our up and coming uh, artists in, in Texas music. This year, uh, that's headlined by Braxton Keith. And he's also joined by uh, Gracie York and Rachel Loren, two, uh, you know, all three of them great artists at Country Music and uh, Gracie played a festival for us last October and she's she's wonderful and she's a good friend. And, um, you know, we're really stoked to have, have those three uh, early on and on the main stage in the amphitheater at Aggie park, um, you know, we um, Midland is headlining, you know, who've, you know, cr- quickly launched themselves into the upper echelon of country music. And, um, they're joined by uh, Shane Smith and the saints who are absolutely phenomenal. One of the best live bands, uh, in Texas. And, uh, we also have a Charlie Robinson who is uh, a Texas country legend in every sense of the word. And, um, this is his first time on the road. Um, in several years, he, um, uh, he had complications due to vocal surgery some years back and, you know, thought his time was done, but he's able to get back at least for one final who on college station. Um, you know, being, being here is gonna be a stop of his that we're really honored to have him at. Um, and then um, our second band that's playing is Uncle Lucius based out of Austin. And they're also a band that uh, kind of was on a hiatus for about five years. Um, and they're, they're starting back on tour next month. So this will be one of their first shows back uh, in Texas. We're really excited about their personally one of my favorite bands in all of texas music and then opening is a treaty oak revival uh, a lively group out of out of midland who have uh, they've they've played in college station a few times and have a uh, have definitely made an impression already so we're really we're really excited to have all of them
1: yeah that's really exciting um there's hasn't been I, not that i know of a lot of events at aggie park so i feel like this is one of the first ones and you could be really setting this the stage for this
2: yeah we you know it's uh, it's definitely the first festival at aggie park you know mm-hmm. You know, it opened with Robert Earl Keane, you know, like, you know who's, a, who's an alum back in September when the park first opened, which was really, uh, really cool. And that was around the time that we first got to see the park pretty much completed and, you know, made us really excited for what, what we were going to be able to bring here. And um, but doing this kind of event and having the um, having the blessing from the university and, you know, all the people who have played a part and, and getting us here has really been a. Uh, uh, really been humbling like my business partner is a class of 2009 like i said and so he's especially excited oh, yeah. um to to be coming back to his alma mater for for something like this and 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 it really just it means a lot to us from the perspective of the event to show that you know people think that this is a big deal and are giving us the opportunity to to not be a a campus organization to do something uh, from the outside and we're really excited about that opportunity right
1: um, do you yourself play music? I do not. That's no. why I pay people to play music. All right. <laughs> nice. I
2: enjoy music. I love listening to it. You mm-hmm. know, I just, I, you know, I just, that, that wasn't a gene that I was, uh, I was blessed with. But, right. but I, I could pay them to play all day.
1: Oh, yeah. And we'll definitely enjoy them either way. <laughs> all right. Now to the details. So when will tickets be available?
2: Yeah. So our public on sale is uh, 10 o'clock Friday morning, March 3rd. Um, and until the end of uh, the day, Wednesday, you can sign up on our website, uh, troubadourfestival.com. Right. Uh, you can sign up for emails at the top of our homepage. And if you do that, that'll give you access to uh, an exclusive pre-sale just for our subscribers. That'll go out at 10 o'clock uh, Thursday, March 2nd. Awesome. Uh, so you'll get an email with a code and you can go in and buy tickets. And they're actually a little bit cheaper and you get to buy them before everybody else. So that's a, a good thing to take advantage of. We we'll have, li- we'll have a very limited number of pre-sale tickets available, so got to move quickly.
1: Right, and that's TroubadourFestival.com,
2: TroubadourFestival.com, yep.
1: Awesome, and what are the different passes, and what do they include?
2: Yeah, so we have three different tickets. Um, Our VIP ticket is, um, it allows you to come into the barbecue uh, portion of the event early, an hour earlier than the rest. Mm -hmm. So you get kind of an hour of just VIPs, get to sample food first. Uh, It also includes uh, uh, access to a special, like, kind of VIP grove um, in Aggie Park where you'll have uh, real bathrooms kind of your own your own space, and your own space in front of the stage. Uh, it includes a shirt from the festival, and then uh, your first two drinks are on us, too. So uh, right. pretty, pretty good perks there. And then our next ticket is our barbecue and music ticket, which includes samples from other barbecue restaurants that you can handle, and then access to the concert as well. So our VIPs come in at noon, and then the barbecue and music ticket comes in at 1 o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock, we have our uh, music ticket, which is basically just a ticket just for the concert. So you come in at 4 o'clock, and that's when the main stage starts. And then uh, you've got you got just the show that way. But we'll have uh, we'll have food trucks that will be on site that will open after the barbecue part is over. Uh, we do have some restaurants that will sell food after 4 o'clock if they want to, so people can experience barbecue if they want to purchase it after 4 o'clock. No guarantees, but um, some do choose to sell some, sell some stuff after. So a little something for a... Uh, everybody but those are those are our three ticket levels and um yeah,
1: yeah i mean that's awesome that there's so much variety from you know if you just like music or if you really like barbecue you know yeah. you can definitely choose from different options
2: for sure and, and being able to experience all the barbecue restaurants that you can at, at the price that we have it's pretty much basically the uh, like you're going for the barbecue and the concert's free right uh, so <laughs> it's uh it's kind of the best of both worlds sort of sort of situation we have people that you know, we do have people that don't like country music, so they'll come and they'll eat all the barbecue and they'll leave, or right. we have some that'll come eat and go back to their hotel and take a nap and then come back to the event. So we are we are come and go because it's a very long day. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We say it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, some people take a break. We might have some people take us some naps out in Aggie Park, but we'll we'll see.
1: Nice, nice. Um, so why did you choose Land to bring this festival?
2: Uh, well, we were actually approached uh, last probably may or june uh by a couple of people with destination Bryan, uh the uh, the visitors tourism bureau over for the city of Bryan, um and they reached out you know just on a whim say hey we saw your event and what you're doing and we'd you know like to explore the opportunity to come to uh come to the area and at the time we were doing um our festival started in salina texas in november of 2021 so that's kind of our our og home that mm-hmm. we do and then last year we also did events in Georgetown and in Tyler, where we're from. And, you know, by by the time the year ended, we kind of looked at things and uh, some other events were happening in Georgetown that uh, we didn't really necessarily want to compete with. Uh, so we made the decision, and especially you, you factor in economy and inflation and uh, yeah. labor costs and everything else going into it. You know, we really wanted to, to really focus on just doing two events uh, this year. So after we decided to that we were going to move the event from Georgetown, we reach back out to our, our friends at Destination Brian, And we came down and, you know, we toured some different locations and uh, that led to some connections and meetings at, at A&M and eventually led to coming back to seeing Aggie Park when it was completed. And, uh, you know, I took one, you know, a couple of steps out into the park and looked at everything and immediately knew that this is where where we wanted to be. It, I told them, I said, it was almost like you guys built this for us. Like oh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous property.
1: It is beautiful. Um, and one thing I forgot to mention, there's also student prices, right?
2: Yeah. So on our public on sale on um, on, May, on March 3rd, we will have a student ticket. So as long as you mm-hmm. have your uh, ID with you when you come, it'll be a limited number. But um, as long as you have your ID, you'll be able to save 10 bucks off our normal price of the ticket. So
1: Awesome. Well, yeah. make sure you take advantage of that if you can.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. All um, right. I also wanted to talk about. Do you own Double Tap Entertainment? Is that your your company?
2: Yeah, it's our parent company. So okay. um, myself, and my business partner, we we started Double Tap Entertainment um, as kind of just our as our company name, and then we produced Troubadour Festival out of okay. out of that. So, awesome. Double Tap is our uh, kind of our homage to the movie Zombieland. So if you've seen the movie, you'll you'll get it. Uh, <laughs>
1: Okay, well, um, thank you so much for bringing this to, to Land. I mean, I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy this. Um, is there anything you else you'd like to include or to tell our audience about the festival?
2: I think the main thing is, you know, we're just we're really grateful, really excited to have this opportunity to come. And you know, when people come for the first time, you know, we we feel a lot of them really are kind of kind of blown away just by uh, not only just by how the event is run, but just how happy everybody is. We're really laid back, kind of. Uh, you know, chill event. I mean, we, you know, people do love to have a good time. And, you know, that's, that's the most important part. And, um, but just a, it's just an all around good vibe of a, of a time. And, you know, we, we're really proud of that. And, um, you know, I would just say buy tickets early, buy them fast. The way the response has been, it's, you know, something that we don't anticipate selling tickets at the gate for. So, right. you know, take advantage uh, while you can. Yeah,
1: make sure to go to All <laughs> righty, well that, that's it for today. Thank you so much, Chase.
2: Yeah, thanks Hector. I appreciate it.
1: Of course, anytime. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back.
2: Support for KAMU is provided by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts, presenting BORDER, a digital theater experience from Israeli-American theater company Dirty Laundry Theater, streaming online Thursday, March 2nd at 6 p.m. More information at academyarts.tamu.edu.
1: Now we will be revisiting my interview with Caleb Gandhi, a local tattoo artist. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the studio. Uh, my name is Hector Nino, host of The Heart of Art. And today in the studio, we have a very interesting guest with us today. His name is Caleb Gandhi. He is a local tattoo artist. If you want to check out his work, you can go to his Instagram at Caleb Gandy Tattooer. That's Gandhi, like candy, but with a G. Uh, All together, Caleb Gandhi, Tattooer, and he is currently working at uh, Legacy Tattoo, if you want to go see his work. Uh, Hi, Caleb. How are you today?
3: I'm good. I'm good.
1: Awesome. Uh, Let's jump right into it. So how long have you been tattooing for now?
3: Uh, Professionally or, like, just all together?
1: Mm, Professionally, first. Let's go there.
3: Since 2009.
1: Okay, awesome. And when when did you start tattooing unprofessionally?
3: Like 2003. I was, like, 13-ish.
1: All right, awesome. Yeah. And where was that?
3: Just around the house, like on me friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have like a hometown where are you from Yeah, no, hometown? I'm from Hern. I'm from Hern. From Hern. Okay, yeah. cool. And is tattooing your only medium or do you do other forms as no, well? No,
3: I uh I do like watercolor like uh but not like like splashy almost, just that's just what I like to paint with.
1: Mhm. Awesome, awesome. And for tattooing, did you have anybody that was kind of like a mentor or a teacher for you?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's like a bunch of people I can name, you know? Like mm-hmm. um, Mike Cruz, he uh, he showed me how to like... I was already tattooing, but they weren't good. And then he just like uh, showed me what it was.
1: Okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. And how, how would that person like teach you? Was there a way that like on an orange or how do you practice even tattooing?
3: Um... On people, there's there's no uh, what do you call um, substitute for the real thing, mm-hmm. so like, on people, so people are gonna walk around with bad tattoos for a while until you can fix them.
1: All right, so you started off right on skin. There's no,
3: <laughs> I did like I did like an orange before, and then I was like, oh, I got this.
1: Okay, yeah. awesome. I like the confidence. I like. <laughs> 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 so there was no intimidation, you would say, when you were going into the skin.
3: On the orange, no, on the skin, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a little bit different when like the medium's like breathing, you know? I bet, And they're yeah. going to look down and be like, oh, man, that looks like, that's bad. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, um, when you do start tattooing, are there any type of styles that you gravitate towards?
3: Um, like me personally or just people in general?
1: Well, uh, I would say you personally, but I know there's a difference between, you know, what people want and what yeah. you want to do and can do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess having in mind what that you're going to have to appeal to what people want, what would you say is like something that you like doing the most?
3: Um, that that again, that's hard to say because I like I like any tattoo that's gonna like be good like twenty years down the road. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's done that's like it's got like a five year shelf life before it's like well this doesn't look good anymore and it sucks because that's like what's all over the internet now, because tattooing wasn't super popular until like ten years ago and that's like when Instagram came on the scene. So bad ideas on Instagram kind of go hand in hand.
1: Interesting. So you think Instagram kind of gave tattooing like a propel forward in a way? It
3: definitely helped. In, like social media, and I just say Instagram because that's what I use a lot. Right. So I definitely say social media definitely like.
1: That's awesome. Shot yeah. it forward, yeah. I mean, yeah, through your feed on um, on your Instagram, I see there's a lot of like a Japanese style, yeah, love it. A lot of traditional, mm-hmm. um, even like the mix of the two. So th- that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm thinking about like the intimacy that there is between you and the person that you are tattooing you know being so close to that person physically and then maybe even tattooing something that means a lot to them are there at times that you have to act as a therapist even
3: yeah i hate it yeah <laughs> I, I hate it like yeah. um i i it's like i got my own problems like so it's it's really hard to like listen to other people's problems cuz it's like man now i got to carry that weight too so right, right. Um, but I will say, the, like, the as far as, like, memorials and stuff like that, there's, like, extra pressure without you telling me about it already. Like, just like, yeah, it's a memorial for, you know, so-and-so. And it's like, okay, well, now it's already heavy. And then it's like, you know, while I'm tattooing you, you're telling me, like, how great this dude was and how he died and all this shit. And it's like, well, now I can't enjoy my lunch. Like, so, <laughs> I, that sounds selfish, but, I mean, it, it, that's what it is. Now I got to live with that information. If I run into you at the grocery store, like that's how you're burning in my mind. <laughs> right, you know? right.
1: Yeah. Does that happen often? Do you run into people? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. And and how are those interactions?
3: Like, I mean, it's cool. Like, but, you know, sometimes like, I, I don't want to talk about work, you know, it's like, I just got to grab these like, you know, pieces of candy or whatever. And it's like, I run in, it's like, oh, man, I run into like Johnny questions or whatever. And he's got a million questions. Like, I left the car running, man. Like, come on. I don't Yeah, yeah but it's cool. Like, it's cool. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, there's no off button for it, even for me, like, because I'm always drawing and stuff. So,
1: mm-hmm. right. I was going to ask about that. Like, the balance between your work and your art. <clears throat> do you find that difficult at times or too overbearing, maybe?
3: <laughs> um, no. It's just like work before play. Mm-hmm. So, it's like I got to do what I have to do before I can just draw. But it sucks because, you know, you work and work and work, and now it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of tired, so. Right, but. yeah.
1: So, that, yeah, that's something difficult to work through. The fact that, like, your work is also your art, <laughs> so you kind of have to find time for yourself as well. Yeah. Right. Um, do you currently have, like, any tattoo, like, goals or any specific, like, artistic project that you'd say you would want to do, but you haven't really gotten the opportunity to?
3: Um just travel and that's not that's more like the pandemic than anything like that really Mm. squat like i just got my passport and then the pandemic hit so i couldn't do anything with it so it sucked
1: right i noticed on your facebook i think it was that you were in hawaii yeah
3: yeah yeah. that was was before the the pandemic Oh, that's awesome and what
1: what places would you like to visit
3: uh i mean any anywhere like japan for sure because the the tattooing is great china because there's like a cool scene there like just anywhere there's cool tattooing going on really like uh I want to go to like Macau and gamble because it's like the gambling capital of the world. So that's pretty tight. Like wow. casinos are crazy over there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. And um, at these places that you do visit, do you ever have any like jobs there? Do you get any appointments from people in, from that area?
3: Oh, yeah, no, I didn't go to any of those places. I was just saying, like, I'd like to go there. But no, when I go to Hawaii, like uh, my friend has a shop there and like he has a shop in Kaline too, Kingpin and uh, I'll go up there and I'll hang out with them and tattoo and he also has a shop in Hawaii, so we'll shoot over to Hawaii sometimes. Like, I don't go there super often. I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm just oh, I'm in Hawaii. No, it's just, like, we'll go over there and, like, tattoo, like, once every year or two years and just hang out at his shop there. Wow, that's super awesome.
1: Cool. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you still uh, paint?
3: Yeah, yeah. when paint. I can, yeah.
1: All right. And what type of styles do you do when you're painting? Or is there a difference between the styles that you do between when you're tattooing and when you're painting?
3: Um. It's hard. I'm trying to get away from, like tattooing and painting the same style just because like you don't you don't learn doing the same thing over and over and over you just learn how to do the same thing better so i'm trying to get away from like harder lines and painting because that's you know tattoos without lines aren't that good so just like getting thinner lines and stuff um but that that's pretty much it you know, all right
1: uh, if you are interested in in caleb's work make sure to check out his instagram a caleb Gandhi tattooer and you can visit him at legacy tattoo are there any other places that they can visit you at or is it just like yeah I'm,
3: a, I'm at the north shop at legacy okay awesome. and then kingpin sometimes
1: mm-hmm. all right well make sure to get in contact with him and thank you so much caleb for stopping by i really appreciate yeah. it it was fun man awesome All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. A big thank you for those of you listening. And a big thank you to Chase Colton for stopping by and talking to us about this amazing festival that's coming to town. And if you'd like to go check out their website, that is TroubadourFestival.com. Have a great week. Thanks and good go, Maggie Land. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu.
0: The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu.